Hallelujah. Kind of approaching that from several different angles. It's not as simple as just saying, okay, just say, devil be gone in Jesus' name. What does it take in the background? What does it take as far as preparing ourselves to resist the devil? And how do we resist the devil? And when do we resist the devil? And, uh, you know, hallelujah. So in uh, the series that I'm in, really, I'm kind of coming at it from three different angles. And I don't know if you've picked up on this, but I'll just make it a little plainer tonight by just telling you. I've been coming at it from the that we resist the devil. Uh, I've been coming at it from resisting the devil and and uh, getting delivered ourselves from anything we need to be delivered from. And then I've been coming at it from the, the side of ministering deliverance uh, to other people. And so we're, we'll cover some new ground tonight and talk about how to that, how to that about standing in authority and moving in power. And, uh, of course, we've we've studied a lot about authority, but let's go over some more things tonight. Uh, and we're going to first go to Matthew uh, 28, 18. But before we, you can turn there, but then I'm going to say some things before we actually uh, bring the point out about this scripture. Matthew 28, 18, very last chapter of Matthew. Hallelujah. And so uh, we have been positioned, positioned as sons of God. Pastor's been teaching on the manifest sons of God. And we've been positioned as sons of God to drive out demons. And, but if we do not understand the position that we have in Jesus, we can go through all the mechanics of deliverance with, not, with little effect. In other words, we can say the words... But if we don't understand the position we're coming from, our position that we have as a son of God, then then our words won't have the effect they have if that it that they do if we do understand. Uh, we're going to talk about power tonight and authority, which work together. Power and authority work together, but they are different. Authority has been given to us. Jesus gave us authority. But the power to use the authority, hallelujah, or the power that flows from authority uh, is uh, developed. And God is calling on us here at River Church to get developed in using our authority and in, and in releasing power uh, beyond just taking care of weather systems that come through. And that was a great, that's a great place to start, isn't it? But there's going to be more things in the earth that we have to take authority over. And and uh, as time goes on, even though God is going to do marvelous things, in the world there's going to be manifestations of evil that it's necessary that we know our authority and we know how to release power. And uh, ha hallelujah. And uh, so uh, <clears throat> we need to talk about that tonight and talk about what authority do we have. And let's start in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, and just go over some of the scriptures. And faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, not having heard. And so it's, I think it's good that every once in a while we just go through scriptures. And, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. 
And then we know there he says, go ye therefore to the disciples. He said that. And this was after the resurrection. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power. That word is authority there. All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. It's a done deal. It's done. It's 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 happened. Uh, the Father has put... Uh, all things in subjection under Jesus' feet. We'll go to Ephesians 1.22 and find that. It's going to seem like we're doing a little Bible drill tonight for a few minutes, but it's good for us to turn in our Bible. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.22. We don't want to become crippled by the words on the screen where... because, you know, you can get where... if you look at it in your Bible, you're more likely to remember where it's at you know so if you, you may not remember where but you remember what page or you know you may not could call the scripture reference but ephesians 122 and he has put all things under his feet and gave him jesus to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all Hallelujah. What a great scripture that is. So the Father has put all things in subjection under Jesus' feet. And then he gave Jesus to be the head over uh, all things to the church and made the church his body. And so Jesus is the head and we're the body and the body is what has the feet. So the head, the body, and the feet. So whatever's under Jesus' feet because we're the body is under our feet. Hallelujah. So it's under our feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is so good. Jesus gave the, that. He gave that. to he, God gave that to that Jesus would be the head of the church and we would be his body. Hallelujah. That's just miraculous. That's just awesome. How we just we walked a lot of years not knowing, not knowing that thought we knew we were just saved. We were just going to heaven, but we didn't know. We didn't know that we were the body of Christ and all things had been what, what we didn't take care of in those years when we didn't know. The things that we let happen and then wondered why God let them happen. Hallelujah. But all things are, were put under our feet. Under our feet. Under His feet and under our feet because He's the head and we're the body. Hallelujah. I know you catch on, but it's just fun to sit there and think about it a minute. Like that, that word in the Psalms, Selah, pause and calmly think of this. Hallelujah. So sometimes we just need to pause before we go to the next thing and think about how the enemy and all things are under our feet. Yeah. Hallelujah. I know if, I'm, if you're like me, I want to live like it more than I ever have. Hallelujah. R Romans 8. Let's go there. Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we are the body of Christ. Jesus is our head. He's put all things under Jesus' feet. All things are under our feet. And we cannot be separated from Him. There is nothing that can separate us from Jesus. Hallelujah. We cannot be separated from Jesus. 
Hallelujah. So there's not going to come a day when we got separated from the head, and so devil's not under our feet that day. No. We can't be separated. We've been, you know, it's it's kind of like you can't... Uh, you can't unscramble eggs. You can't separate. We've got we've got all tied up, tangled up. What's that song with Jesus? And we can't get separated. Hallelujah. Praise God. We are secure in him. Nothing can separate us. Let's go to Colossians 127. So uh all authority given unto Jesus. God made Jesus the head over the body, which is the church. We can't be separated. And so that is, that leads us to the mystery. Hallelujah. The mystery, the mystery of the gospel that's been hid all through the ages. It was hid. And then it got revealed. It got revealed. Paul got it. You know, the, the disciples didn't see it. They didn't understand it. They were there with Jesus, they were at the the death, burial, and resurrection. They they saw him for forty days, but they didn't catch. But God caught Paul up into the third heaven and told him and explained the whole thing to him. He went into such detail of explanations that Paul said, "I can't even tell you everything I saw." I think some of those things he couldn't tell them that they saw is things that now the church is starting to see. By the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Some mighty things. There's mighty things happening. Or we're not, I hadn't even read it yet, have I? I'm all excited about it. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ in you. So all things, all authority in heaven and in earth, all things under your feet, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We are supernatural men. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This God's so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The very Jesus that was raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in one to come lives inside you and me. Christ in us, the hope of glory. That very Jesus. Pastor Buzzy had that tape series, Jesus with Skin On. He caught it before we all did. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus with, with Skin On. I know we used to look at that tape series and just laugh. That was so hilarious. Jesus with Skin On. Hallelujah. Luke ten nineteen. See, we have to know these things if we're going to resist the devil and do any good. And, you know, we know that because we've all done it where we resisted the devil and nothing happened. Well, the reason nothing happened is because we didn't know this. We didn't know our authority. We weren't confident about it. We were hoping it would work. You know, thinking, well, that preacher said it would work. and it Or it worked for that preacher. I hope it'll work for me. And... uh that reason it didn't happen, and so if we're going to stand and resist the devil, if we're going to stand and 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 if we're going to get be delivered of all things, and if we're going to get other people delivered, we have to know. We have to know these things. Hallelujah. 
Jesus has given his church full permission to operate in his name. Luke 10, 19. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That word there should be authority. Before I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the authority of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by many means hurt you. How many years did we spend? I don't know about you, but I do know about me being afraid of the devil. Hallelujah. Because we had a little God and a big devil. That's what we used to have. Now we have a big devil and we're big too. I mean, we have a big God and we're big too. And we have a little bitty devil. He's scrawny. He's, he's, he's pitiful. He's whipped. Hallelujah. Or some people say whooped. <laughs> he's whooped. He's been whooped. Hallelujah. I like that. Authority. Authority basically means the right to act. We have been given the right to act, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. You know, we have the right to act. We don't even have to ask permission. We don't have to say, Father, should I take, is it okay if I take authority over this tornado? We do not have to ask permission. We do not have to ask permission to take authority over the devil. We've been given the right to act. And another thing we don't have to ask for is authority. Oh, God, give me more authority. No, he's already given to you. It was a gift, and you have all authority. All authority. All authority in heaven and earth. You, you can't get any more if you asked, because you've already got all. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. We're going to, we got to stand in that. And then we can talk about tonight God's power supply. Our authority in Jesus is a wonderful gift, but we also need power. We need power. It is His power and His might that causes us to operate effectively in authority. My finger went up there and touched it. Hallelujah. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. When we were before the service, right before, right after prayer and right before the service, on my phone I turned on that song by Joshua Mills. Me and uh, uh, Madison were listening to it. Fire. Fire, fire from heaven. Uh, hallelujah. I just got a glimpse right up here, right up here at River Church. Fire dancers. There were there were there were fire dancers dancing up here. Angels, fire dancers. You know there's angels that just have one assignment. There's there's a whole host. I don't even too many to count. That one time I saw in heaven. I saw they're in heaven. And they're standing there with their wings bowed and they're just their heads are like this. And their wings are bowed, and they're, they've never done anything yet. They're just waiting for their assignment. Just waiting. And you know, God is so extravagant. He would give angels just to, just to, just fire dancing angels. It was so awesome. 
Lord, what does that mean? And do something with that, Lord. <clears throat> I felt like I was supposed to tell you. Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse nine. I haven't got to chapter twelve yet. Second Corinthians twelve, verse nine. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Now he's talking, this is Paul talking, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my weakness than that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in weaknesses, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. So the key, he said, uh, that the power of Christ may rest upon me there in verse 9. I take glory in my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We have to become weak in order to have power. We have to become weak in order to have power. In other words, we have to come to the place where we're not trying, where we're not trying, we know we can't help ourselves. We have to, and we have all seen that when we have been places, been in places where we were desperate for God, it and we are, we're desperate for Him. The power always flows. I know my pastor and I have been in some places where we were desperate financially for God, and we were weak. We couldn't help ourselves. We knew we couldn't help ourselves, and we knew nobody else could help us. We knew Jesus was the only way. And guess what happened? Power flowed. Hallelujah. We, when we, we, we didn't, we, we are, we too are weak and without him, we can do nothing. John 15, five says, without him, you can do nothing. And when we realize without him, we can do nothing and quit relying on things that are of this world, things of the flesh, things of the natural realm, things that anybody, you know, we rely on things that any sinner can can have one of those. You know, it doesn't take a spiritual man to have have one. But when we become weak, and you know, we can voluntarily, we can, sometimes we get into places where we are weak. Uh, uh, Lawrence became, came to a place where he is desperate for God because there's no other answer but God to raise him up. He got to that place. And so some people get there physically. Some people get, we've been there financially. We've been, I know when I was having anxiety attacks and those attacks of fear, I was completely weak and I was completely desperate for God. I mean, without him, I was, I was literally mentally going under. And I looked to pastor to help me as my husband, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And because he knew he couldn't do it, he didn't try. He would, he would walk off and go to work and leave me at the house knowing I had to get it from God. And I tried to lean on things, but when we are desperate and when we are weak, that's what causes power to flow. Well, the good news is we don't have to get to a place in that, but we can voluntarily become weak, voluntarily become desperate. Uh, Jesus voluntarily became weak. He went into the wilderness and he fasted 40 days. He, that was him volunteering to be weak. 
he weakened himself voluntarily. And in that weakness, uh, he, the, the power of God flowed. And it says in Luke 4.14, when he came out of the wilderness, it says he came out in the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God makes us strong against the enemy when we hunger for him. He cannot fill what is already full. If you're full, God can't fit put more in you. We have to empty ourselves. We have to become voluntarily weak. We have to choose to become desperate for him. We sing a song, or we used to sing a song, or somebody sang a song. I, I, I wanted to play it, but you have to buy the whole album to get that song. It's one of those precious ones. <laughs> I'm desperate for him. I'm desperate for him. You know, and, and as Word of Faith people, we sure didn't like that song when it first came out because we didn't want to be desperate for it. You know, well, we're not desperate. We've got God. Oh, gosh, that's so prideful. But anyway, never mind. Uh, never mind that. But we got to be voluntarily desperate for him if we want to see the power flow. We have to realize we can do nothing. Without him, I can do nothing. Um. Pastor and I've had some marvelous financial experiences when there was no way, uh, no way out. Full of the world, hallelujah. If we're full of the world and expect to be filled, we cannot expect to be filled by him. And we cannot expect to be given his strength. Hallelujah. Matthew 5, 3. I know that that's where many of you have gone or you're in the process of going is to that place of desperation for without him i can do nothing matthew 5 3 blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and there is no shortcut to being poor in spirit poor in spirit means to be weak in the natural and clinging to god weak in the natural and clinging to god He's our only answer. He's our only way. Without Him, we can do nothing. Weak in the natural and clinging to God. And when we are weak in the natural, and I'm not talking about physical weakness. It can be that, but I'm talking about uh, realizing we're weak. We've been stripped of all our pride, of who we are and what we can do and what we can accomplish. And we've been we've we've allowed ourselves to be stripped of that, and we are we are weak in spirit. We are poor in spirit. We cling to God, and He brings forth strength. That means we're looking to Him to be our source. We cannot deal with the devil being puffed up and full of ourselves and full of the world. We will not. The devil is not impressed by our worldly accomplishments. He is not moved by those things. And we can know our authority, but not have took done what it takes to develop power in our lives. And we, we will not be effective. All we might can stop a, a little dirt devil out in the pasture. But we will not be able to be effective until we also know our authority, but begin to develop our strength. And we start by becoming poor in spirit, becoming weak. A desperate place is a great position to be in. 
to depend on God, to be to the place where if God doesn't come through, we cannot, we can't, we, we won't have food tomorrow. It's so awesome. It is so awesome because the power of God as we cry out to God and as we look to him as our only source, he always comes through and he and and the faith walk is so glorious. It's so powerful. And he does awesome things and he does far beyond what we could ask or think. Hallelujah. If we want to be free ourselves and we want to walk in this place, we need to have power encounters. In other words, we're going to have to take time, set a time aside. And I know we all have busy schedules. Everybody could say they're busy. They're, the people that are retired are busy, and they watch CNN all day. A lot of them. But they, if you ask them, well, we've just been so busy. You know, or they're busy going down to the Elks Club and going to the Dairy Queen, you know, to drink coffee, going to the senior center and going to the doctor. They're busy. They're so busy. The retired people are so busy. So, you know, but we got to take, if we don't want to end up in that place, do you, if, that, if we don't want that in our retirement, we've got to do something, and we need to have some power encounters with God, and that means getting alone with Him and, and spending time with Him. And we will never see what we want to see as far as being healing ministers. Hallelujah without not only knowing our authority, but having a power that flows through us because we've spent time with the Lord and we've prepared and we've sought Him and we've, uh, we've went after those things. So it starts with power encounters. God gives us His authority and He works in power in us, His power in us as we come to Him in our weakness. Recognizing that we're weak, that we're desperate, that we cannot do this. Just, you know, just under, just knowing the Bible, the Bible, uh, knowledge puffeth up. And if we just know the Bible and we don't have encounters with God, we will get under legalism. No matter how hard we don't want to, we will get under legalism and we will become legalistic. We'll have a religion, we'll have a form of, of godliness. But deny the, denying the power thereof because we have not come into that place of having encounters with God and, and becoming weak and dependent on Him. And we will be, uh, the letter, the, when we just know the word, the Bible says the letter killeth. It, me, it says the letter bringeth forth death and the Spirit brings forth life. So having the Holy Ghost and having a, a fresh, a fresh, not an old testimony, but a fresh testimony. I, I don't know about you, but I don't, uh, I love to hear other people's testimonies. Don't get me wrong. But I want something God did today or yesterday or, or pretty, pretty, pretty close, you know. I, I don't want any of the 40-year-ago things is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I, I don't want that as a lifestyle anyway. So, um Sometimes we have special times with God, and I think we fail to recognize them that they were power encounters. They were power encounters, and we, so uh, we need to recognize them when we do have a power encounter. I know uh, I, was, I got a couple examples of power encounters. Of course, I, I count that when we have a thing in church where a chariot comes in and 
warrior Jesus that we have all had a power encounter corporately and together. And we can enter into that. We may not have seen it, but we can enter into it as we believe it. And uh, the same, you know, when the dancing, fire dancing angels come in, that's a power encounter. And then some, some encounters affect us more than others. But just every time you have some sort of a power encounter, you're going to see something break forth in the natural. And, you know, God's doing so much for us every day. Sometimes it's hard to keep track of all that. But some, one that stood out to me was uh, last spring when God talked to me about having a praise life and the praise life. And I taught on that. And he spoke to me and he said, I can't get you everything you've been praying and believing for without you entering into this praise life. And so I really began to enter in to it and, and spend time just, and not just necessarily time in my secret place praising, but also just as I'm traveling, as I'm going, as I'm doing, uh, just walking through the house praising God and so forth. But one morning I set aside and just... I didn't plan it ahead of time, but I just said, I'm just going to praise him. I just felt like I just felt led right then to praise him and not to just praise him for a few minutes, but to just press and and not to worship, not to soak. I'm talking about praise you, Jesus. I praise you. I glorify you. I praise your name. I bless the name of Jesus. Praise to you, O Lord. Glory to your name. And that kind of just praising like that, just out loud. And so I did that, and it went a while. And then all of a sudden, I hit a flow. And when I hit the flow, it just became easy to just keep going, even though, you know, I just was repetitive in some of the things I said, but it was just like I got strong in it and I just felt like keeping going, keeping going. And then after a while and doing that a while, and it probably was about maybe 30 minutes total, but um, after a while I hit this victory spot and I knew something had or would change. It was like a, I hit a note of victory. I hit a, you know, I had a breakthrough. And I knew something had or would change. And that was like a month before the, you know, some other things transpired. And then the church was paid off. And hallelujah. We need to have these power encounters. Hallelujah. Because we need more power flowing into us and then more power flowing out to us. And so we grow stronger in power. He develops power within us. The authority gives us the right to deal with demons, but it's the power that drives them out. Hallelujah. It's the power that causes them to scream when they're going out. Hallelujah. Power is influence, and it's demonstrable, and it's substantial. It's a force. Hallelujah. It's demonstrable, and it's substantial. A police officer has authority and has a badge. But you know, there are people that have no respect for that police officer and that badge, and they will just go ahead and do what they do. But that's when the police officer has to get the power out. And he does that by getting a gun. He might get a taser. He might get a billy club. He, he's going to get something with power. He has to use power and that's how the devil is. He's not going to always just respect our authority. Sometimes he may respond to our authority. You know, Billy Brim says there's low-level devils. 
Some devils are just low-level devils. Well, low-level devils might respond to, uh, to just authority. But there are demons that will not respond to authority. Some demons are stubborn. They can be very stubborn. They can be belligerent. They have to be confronted with power. And sometimes when dealing with demons, we have to keep on commanding them to leave before the demon will obey. They're stubborn. They don't believe us. They are counting on us giving up. Sometimes they know our track record for not sticking with things very good. Um, but if we persist because we understand our authority in Jesus' name and we know our right to use His power, they will, they will cave in. They will go. So we must grow in this use of power. We have to grow into understanding of authority and power. Let's, I want to give you some things that will help us grow in power. And one of the main things that will help us grow in power is prayer. And not just any kind of prayer. Of course, praying in the Spirit is always good. But you know what we need to be praying? We need to pray for anointing. I think we've gotten away from those kind of things. And we don't pray, Father, I ask you to increase the power or the anointing on my life. And He may, He, he will do that. He may say, well, if, to do that, you need to do this. In other words, you got to enter into praise life, you know, if you want my power to flow in this situation and you want my power to increase, um, um, we will grow in power as we disengage from the world. Talked about that a while ago. If we're full of the world and worldly things, then there's not any place to put anything. You know, it's, it's, it's not like our spirit man and our soul, it has a capacity. And if it's full, it's full. And so he's not going to try to to slap power on a, 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 a you know something you know we've spent uh, uh, five days watching the last ten seasons of twenty four or something crazy. I mean I know somebody did that so that's the only thing that's popping in my mind right now. But you know you can get mighty full of a bunch of a bunch of junk. Um, so we have to disengage from the world. If we really want these things, we're going to have to disengage from some other things. And some things we have to disengage from that fill us up are not really horrible things. You know, you could watch the last 10, the, the first 10 years or last 10, whatever, first 10 years of Andy and Mayberry. And, you know, it's not really a bad thing, but you're going to be just not, you're not going to have anything in you when you finish. It's just not going to be anything. So if we want to grow in power, we disengage from the world. We also have to clear our own soul of all the junk. I couldn't think of any other word to call it, but just junk. But when I say that, I'm talking about the wounds. I'm talking about hurts, the disappointments, the unforgiveness. All of that's got to be dealt with and swept away one by one. I think we want God, we want to come up to the front and when Pastor or Miss Debbie gives an invitation of some kind, you know, if you've ever been hurt by anything and we want to come up here and we want them to just lay their hands on or like the 
the guy in the Old Testament said, I thought he'd wave his hand over me. And now you want us to just wave our hand over you. And all of a sudden you're free of all the clutter and all the past and all those things. But most of that stuff has to be dealt by with one by one. We forgive people one by one. We let people, we release people one by one. We release the hurts one by one. We ask God to heal the wounds one by one. Not just, oh God, just restore my soul. Don't let me think about it while you're doing it. I don't want to face these things. But a lot of times that's our attitude. But we've got to, if we want to be free, if we want to be clean, and you know you'll go, uh, you'll get all clean and two years later, it's like, God show you something else. He's like, well, I didn't even know that's in there. I didn't remember I did that. I didn't. Rem- I-, I forgot all about that. And we get more revelation. We understand things that, well, that wasn't good. I, you know, I always said that to my kid, and it wasn't good. My 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 baby, my oldest baby's forty today. He's he's not liking it. He said, <laughs> he'll get over it, won't he? Won't he, Barry? He'll get over it. Hallelujah. Uh, I think 40 was the hardest. I, they threw me a surprise party at Living Water Faith Fellowship. And Pastor told me about it because I was in such a front and he didn't, and I didn't want to go. I don't guess I was in faith. But then I was in faith about 50 and 60. So it gets easier as you go. Hallelujah. So we got to clear out all the things, the scars. We need to clear out all the rebellion. And we can pretend we don't know it's in there, but we know. We know when we're rebellious. We know when we're rebellious against authority. We know when we resist authority. We know when we disrespect authority. And we dis- or dis- just disrespect people that, you know, we know those things. We, can, we try to pretend we don't know, but we know. And we also try to pretend it's okay, but it's not. We have to live a 1 John 1, 9 life if we want to flow in power. That means we walk in repentance every day. If, and that doesn't mean that we're condemned all the time. It just means we're quick to repent. We all, yeah, we're, we're easily persuaded to believe. Well, are we easily persuaded to repent? Or does God have to work on us for six months or or, you know, 16 years later, we haven't, still haven't repented? Or do we want the power to flow and we repent easily so that when we come to a place of ministry, we're clean vessels? Hallelujah. We know these things. We gotta, it's time to get out of denial. The Lord told me today, He said, it's time to put away childish things. Because all of these things are childish. Most of them we got in, you know, we got in childhood. I don't know about you, but about 13 years old. I started getting in trouble all the time. It was about seventh grade because in seventh grade, I started back talking, they call it, and sassing my mama. And boy, I tell you, that was the day when you back talked, pal, your life would get slapped right in the face. And uh, they didn't think it was child abuse either. Hallelujah. They thought that's what you did. And uh, so we need to get rid of stubbornness. And you better forgive if everybody slapped you too. <laughs> go ahead and go just go go ahead and forget that. And memories, get rid of the memories, and get rid of sin. That's going to help us to help us grow in power. How bad do you want it? You can be a Christian. You can go to heaven. You may even get a little blessing every once in a while. And you don't have to do much of nothing. 
But if you want power and you want to walk in authority and you want to you want instant healings when you pray for them. And that's what I want. And that's what I'm going after. And let me tell you something else. The Lord told me I, I needed to tell you all this. But you need to repent. I know that because I had to. The reason I know you need to is because I had to. For the times you've said no to God. And I told Pastor, the Lord reminded me, not that recently, <laughs> Of two times I had said no to him. And he made me to know that it had affected where I am today. And um, I told Pastor, I said, and this is, this is just what I felt in my heart. I don't say God said this part, but I felt this in my part. And I, I don't know if it's true or not. I just felt it. I, I could have been Joyce Meyer. I could have been. Not that it would take away from her, but you know what I'm saying. That kind of ministry. I could have been her. But I said no to God twice. One time he said to me, through a woman, she came to our church to a ladies meeting and when we were at Living Water. And he, she said to me, she gave me a word. She said, be poured out as a drink offering. I didn't know what it meant, but I went home and looked it up in the Bible. And what it means is give it all. Pour it. Give, give it all. Don't hold back. Give everything. And I said, no. I mean, I, I said, I can't do that, Lord. That's too much. I cannot give that much. I want more of my life than that. And I said, no. And then another time, we were at another man's church in West Texas, and he gave a prophetic word to me that I was called to prayer. And I distinctly remember saying, no, 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 no. Now, I was in prayer, and I was involved in prayer, and we were in the Larry Lee, could you not tarry one hour, and we were getting up every morning, going to church, and praying an hour, and that was commendable, but I refused to that call to prayer. I refused it. I said no. I'm being honest here. I, it's, I'm not proud of these things. I'm, I'm sorry. I regret it. I've repented of it. But I'm not where I could have been if I'd have said yes. I know it. God knows it. And now you know it. So if you've said no to God, you need to repent. Not that it can be made up. I'm 63 too. 62 years old. Fixing to be 63 in the fall. I, I, the opportunities I had at 30 something are not going to be the same as you can have at 60-something. Now, I still believe we can. God has great plans. Thank God that when you don't get plan A, you get plan B. And if you don't get plan B, there's a plan C. And they're all good, but let me just tell you, plan D is not as good as plan A. Plan A is the best. It's the best. And so if you've said no to God, or if you're saying no to Him now, or if you're thinking something of this world is better than what God could give you, then you're mistaken. I'm mistaken. Now, Pastor and I, we have paid a price in a lot of areas. We have said yes in a lot of things. And it's, but it, and it's always been good for us. It's always, we've always been, it's all sometimes going through it was hard, but when you got through it, 
it was a better place. It was a better thing. So, uh, as we do these things, these things that I've given you, all these things help us become more in touch with the Holy Spirit. We begin to have better discernment. That's another thing we need to pray for is discernment. We need to discern devils. And we need to, we've got to deal with these things. And I, you know, we've got to be, we've got to be strong enough to do whatever it takes to win. Whatever it takes to win with our children. I'm going to say something that, no, I don't think anybody else would say this. I don't know of anybody that would say it. Cause, and I'm not putting condemnation on anybody, and I'm not even trying to put condemnation on myself. But we can say what we want to, but our grown kids are what we made them. They are what we made them, and they are also the things we failed to do. We, we just were too busy to to, to to handle that. Too busy to spend time solving this situation. And we just kind of, it's kind of like, you know, somebody having a real problem and we put a Band-Aid on it. And, it's, it, the, and then our kids, their lives become molded around those things. And, uh, and yeah, there's some kids that have a personality that's this way and another. But I, if you... I don't care. You birth them, and whatever the personality is, you have got to do it. We have got to do it. And when we didn't do it, which I looked at some things, and I said, I didn't do that. I didn't take the time to do that. In our case, we were too busy pastoring. All we could think about was a church. And you'd think that's a good thing, but it's it's not. It wasn't. I mean... Hallelujah. And uh, so it wasn't like we were off drinking and smoking and, you know, running with the folks that do. But we couldn't get church off of my mind long enough to have another conversation. And so you the people that have younger children, do whatever it takes. And don't make excuses it's so frustrating. Well, they're just tired. Well, they're just hungry. Well, they're just, you know, well, that might work for... a 12-month-old and maybe a 2-year-old, but pretty soon that quits flying. It quits flying and you got to face these things. And if it's a devil, deal with it. If it's passed down through the generations, deal with it. If it's something, you know, just they learn on the schoolyard, take the time. Don't be, you know, we have this thing, and I don't, none of y'all have this, but I see it all the time. It's like, get them up, poke a Pop-Tart in their mouth, run them to school, go get them, bring them home, throw, throw something at them to eat, throw them in the car, and let's go play baseball. And, if, and sometimes it's not even the kid playing baseball. It's daddy's going to go play baseball. Or mama's, going, mama's playing co-ed sports. It's like, well, you know, there's two things we got to remember. We're married and we got kids. And we are responsible for them. 
And God's holding us responsible for them. And we're going to stand before his throne and we're going to answer. So, hallelujah. I'm not trying to, like I said, not trying to condemn anybody because got my own situations, my own self. Hallelujah. Relationship makes the difference in how effective we are in dealing with the devil. Relationship with Jesus makes the difference, whether for ourselves or for helping others. Let's go to Revelation 3.20. You can't be too diligent as a parent. Pastor and I were diligent parents. We really were. We were highly involved. But I tell you what, sometimes we just don't take the time to seek God to find out, how do I solve this problem? What's the answer to this? But God always knows the answer. He always has the answer. But we just don't go after it. Like We don't say... My whole child's future life, when they're 40, depends on whether I conquer this situation, I go after it. And you know, you just when they're 40, you don't have much influence on them. You want to. And I'm not saying you don't have any, but hallelujah. Behold, I, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. This is not talking about salvation. This is talking about having fellowship and relationship with him. He said, if you will open the door, I will come in with to you and I will sup with you and you can sup with me. He's always knocking at the door, wanting to fellowship with us. Want to spend time with us. He wants to help us. He wants us free. He wants us to show us. He wants to show us the plans, the answers. The He wants to fellowship with us. And if we'll just spend time with Him in fellowship, He just will, He'll tell us all these things. He's just like this. You don't tell your secrets to strangers, but you would tell them to a close friend. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We know, I'm going to end here in a minute. Acts 19, 11, we won't turn that, but I'll tell the story. Relationship is everything when dealing with the devil. And you remember the seven sons of Sceva and the book of Acts. And they, they saw Jesus' disciples. They saw him casting out devils. And so they just did it themselves but they were not walking in relationship they were not knowing their authority they were not walking in their, they didn't have power flowing through them and uh, the devil uh, Andrew our Andrew is always telling me he told me this other day that Andrew Womack says that the uh, devil will eat your lunch and pop your bag <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened to the seven sons of Sceva. The devil ate their lunch. He kicked their rear ends. He, he, they were tore up, bruised, and you know some people don't believe the devil. A devil that you can't see can leave bruises and marks on their body. But hallelujah, they tore their hide up. Those devils did because, and they said. Uh, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? There, there was no connection to Jesus. There was no relationship, no fellowship, no authority, 
no power. Hallelujah. So those de- those pe- those men, those seven sons of Sceva, Sceva, they were guilty of using Jesus' name flippantly. And we cannot use Jesus' name flippantly and expect demons to honor then our authority, our power, our position that we have in Christ. They won't do it. They won't honor it. So we got to get those things out of our vocabulary, like, oh, my God, and all that. we got to break that. That's using the name of God flippantly. And when you, you know, the, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So, and if you, hallelujah. And if he said that we were in him and he was in us and the Holy Ghost was in us, so... Father, Son, Holy Ghost, all one. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to keep on. We're going to keep on keeping on. The Lord said just press in this summer. We keep pressing. Hallelujah. Because we must walk in our authority. And power must flow. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Something's coming. Something's coming. I don't know what. I haven't. I don't discern what it is. I just discern it's coming. Hallelujah. It's not that far off either. It's just right right ahead of us. Just, you know, it might be fall or whatever, but it's just right there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lord, we just bow before you to honor you. And Lord, we recognize and know that without you we can do nothing. Lord, we quit pretending in the name of Jesus. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand that you can exalt us in due time and as you see fit. Father, prepare us for what's ahead. Show us what we are to do in our individual part. Help us to streamline our lives. Father God, we I ask you to help us put away childish things. Thank you, Father. And to be willing to enter into the full destiny that you have called us to. And that we do not settle even now and back up and have to go to a lower level, a lower plan than what you fully desired to for us. Thank you, Lord, for washing us clean by your word. By the blood of Jesus and by the name of Jesus. And thank you, Father, that you are doing a new thing. And that you have caused us to be in a place where we can know it. Lord, we ask for discernment. We ask for greater power and anointing. We ask ask for a greater ability, the spirit of seeing and knowing that we would see those things in the spirit that we have to see the things that encourage us the things that cause us to walk in the spirit that we would see the things in the spirit it helps us walk in the spirit hallelujah bring this church together unify us spirit, soul, and body 
in heart and mind. Hallelujah. Fill us up with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, as we empty ourselves of self and everything that pertains to it. Give us fresh vision. Perfect that which concerns us. Hallelujah. And Lord, we just commit to you. We just make fresh commit. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>